You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2007 Frankfurt Avenue. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 and 7 p.m. We were talking about work, and recently the pastors read a, read a book about the theology of work, so I've been thinking about work a lot, and it brought up this idea that we suffer, this is a big word, existential dread when we don't use our bodies to work. So with that in mind, why don't you read this webcomic? Take like, this is only going to be like a minute long, and it's funny. Does this, this, this happen to you periodically? I get into, uh, get into some dread <laughs> while I'm making macaroni. I actually think work is an antidote to the... Ex- the, 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 the uh, we live in a time with the, the and, and we live in a at a juncture where there is enough time for you to consider things like your own existence for a long time, and that's not that's not that good for us, right? It's 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 too uh, kind of out of body, so to speak. Staying in your body helps you overcome that, <coughs> and it seems to me like a lot of uh, potentially existentially fulfilling careers don't often involve the use of our bodies or using our bodies. Um, and using our bodies is elemental to our hope and our faith. So there's a, there's a, there's a problem happening, I think. My friend, uh, my friend Bell and all the dancers that I know teach me this because I'm not really a body guy. Like, I, li- I have a body, but I don't, um, I don't, I don't work with it very much. Um, and it, I, you know, when I think about it, and often when I feel about it, I'm a, yeah, I'm a body guy, sure, but I, I, I'm not using my body as much as I should, in case you can't tell. There's, a, there, there's, there's something to that with me. I'm, I'm a, I, I say I'm intuitive. I make a lot of decisions with my gut. That doesn't mean I'm slurping noodles all the time or something like that, although sometimes I am. But it means that I don't use, I, I don't use my senses very much. I use my instinct. I make decisions based on my gut. Like I don't, I don't look at, I don't uh, look at directions. I just, I, I imagine where I might, where where the right way to go is, and I get lost. You know, like I, I don't like we we op- open the IKEA box. Oh, I got this. I don't need the instructions. I, I've done this before, and the, it's a terrible idea because the <laughs> shelf ends up on the other side. Without fail, there's always an argument. Are you sure this is how you do it? Yes, I'm sure. Well, I thought I was sure, you know, and then I have to, I have to reconstruct the whole thing. So I'm intuitive in that sense. I use my instincts, which puts me a little out of touch with my body, and I don't notice physical things happening inside of me and also outside of me. I, I, I need almost a sensory overload to experience that. Um, like it needs to start, and my body needs to start screaming at me until I pay attention. Like we have a, this is, this is just one example of my lack of attention to sensory data. We, it, it, when you walk in, you'll notice this now. We have, there's like conduit wire hanging, hanging over where you, right where you walk into this room. And my friend noticed that. Have you seen it? No, anyone see that when they walked in? Just, just curious to see what you're paying attention to. Can anybody fix it? <laughs> okay. And I, I've gone that, through that door like hundreds of times, and, um, but I never saw it and I never noticed it. And my friend said, you just don't notice those details, do you? And I don't. Someone else said, 
We haven't had a gallery show in a while, and the front room is empty. That was almost like news to me because I just don't even, I don't even think about what's on the walls. I don't, it's hard for me to enter into that space. I have a hard time seeing physical stuff outside of me and also inside of me too. You know, I swear I could, this is, this is TMI, but I could hold my pee for like hours without going if I'm just focused on a t the task at hand. And then when I'm agitated in some way or something, something physically awakens me, I'm like, oh yeah, I do have to go, you know? It's been like eight hours or something, you know? It's, 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 it's a problem, right? If, I, if I'm engaged. What's that? That's a big problem. <laughs> you think like in my life yeah. I should address it? I'll set reminders on my, uh, on my watch to tell me when to pee. <laughs> I have technology that helps me use my body. This is terrible. What a time, what a time to be alive. This is, this is existential dread, by the way. See, got there real fast. I'm, I have a hard time because I'm not oriented to notice things like that, and I'm not sure why. Um, I don't have much of a ten, an attention span for the visual, and I have a hard time organizing a space or noticing what's missing or what should, uh, what should go where. You know, I need a team to help me do that. Um, I might be enough in my head that I don't notice what's around me, and I might, I might make an, an intuitive decisions, right? And based on, not based on sensory data. So both, both out of my body and into my body, that's what I'm talking about. And I, I don't think that's a great style. I actually think it's an area that I want to grow in and move in. You know, I don't, I think I can appreciate good design, but I don't know how to make it, and I don't, I don't care that much about it. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not how I'm wired. So I, we need, I need help with that. I need friends to guide me in the right direction. You know, like I love cooking, for example, but I don't care about plating. I don't care what it looks like on the plate. Some people really care about that, and they have like tweezers to put certain microgreens on top of the food so it looks appealing. Someone does that. I was watching a guy plate food the other day at a bar, and he had these little tweezers. He was taking tiny little morsels out and putting them on something. That's appealing. Okay. Noted. You know, I, 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 uh, I, I like an all-butter pie crust, for example, because it tastes good, but in, in, it's temperamental dough, and it's harder to shape in special ways with, like, leaves on top of your crust and all these things that people do. You know, because I like how it tastes. I don't care how it looks. So I'll go for the higher quality taste because I don't care what it looks like. You know, I don't, I don't need to add a, um, a stabilizer, like shortening to the, uh, to the dough. Oh, sorry, that was said with some contempt. Um, and I, I think I'm, I'm full of contempt about pie crust. I, and I think I might be unique in that way. Maybe you're that way too. You know, but I think a lot of... Uh, people notice spaces, they have tactile engagement, and want to connect with things physically, and I'm working on developing those characteristics so that <clears throat> I don't express my, uh, my need for uh, physical connection in like extreme or perverse ways, like promiscuous sex, or eating two pints of ice cream, or like five whiskeys or something like that, right? Like the extreme ways of feeling something so that I can feel it. I think if I get in touch with my body and my surroundings, I can actually have a more health, a healthier lifestyle. And I'm convicted to do this because not only does it make me, a, a, I guess, a healthier person, but I experience the world and God in new ways when I pay attention to the physical and the created reality around me. 
and I don't just focus on the abstract, which I'm prone to do. My God can become an abstraction very fast. And I'm kind of okay with that, but that's, uh, that's not the ideal way, I think, to move with God. God, God, God um, is physical. You know, I experience God more when I feel my body and my bodily surroundings. And, 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 and I, I, I want to work on feeling things during this Lent, like Wes was talking about. Like the other week, I had a, it was, it, it, maybe it was a longer than normal week, and I was up later and, 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 and um, woke up earlier too and really pushing myself. And I only realized that in retrospect because for a variety of reasons, I was feeling stressed by the end of the week, but my, bod my body started hurting. And maybe this is just getting older, but the part of, parts of me hurt and nothing was really wrong. Right? I was having a, a physical reaction to stress and it almost, it almost felt like I had the flu, but I didn't. Right? There, was, there was something happening there. It was, it was a kind of pain in my joints and in my back, and it was kind of amazing when I finally paid attention to my body and got some rest that I needed. You know, I'm always in denial that I'm sick, for example. You know, when you, when you, start, when you first start getting a cold, I'm always on team allergy in that, in that, in that little debate that I have. I think, is this an allergy? Or is it? No, it's definitely an allergy. I'm fine. I'm doing fine. <laughs> like, my wife asked me, because I'm, I'm, I'm on the up, I'm, out of, I'm going out of a cold right now. And in the whole week, I was in denial about how I was feeling. And she didn't even know I was sick because I kept saying, yeah, I'm fine, everything's fine. And then the other day, I was like keeled over. And she said, what's wrong with you? I was like, I think I'm sick. <laughs> so that's, I, I want to get more in touch with that. Needless to say, when it comes to experiencing God with my body, it's hard. And so I, because I'm often stuck in my head or my gut or my heart, but not my body. And I, I, it's, it's, it's a wonder I found Circle of Hope because we're a body bunch. We're all about the body. <clears throat> That's what we mean when we say uh, Jesus is best revealed incarnationally. That's one of our proverbs. This is our website. And is this still what it looks like? Where's Luke? Somewhere. He is, he is best uh, revealed in the flesh, in the body, face to face, in relationships, we're banking on the whole thing, that you'll experience God when you're in community, right? That's the whole idea that we're working on, that you don't need to have uh, all of the ideas sorted out. You'll invariably run into God when you run into who we have, you know? You'll get to know Jesus when you get to know us, right? That's, that's the work that we're doing. That's the idea behind the whole movement, and that's our strategy for uh, our mission and how we execute our vision, right? So, but, but, our, but our body theology, that's a, that's a fancy word for God talk, is deeper than that, right? Jesus came to us in the form of a baby. We celebrate this during Christmas. Jesus has always been here, but he, but he came into the flesh in a body to meet us right where we are. The God of all experienced, experienced exactly what we do, condescended, so to speak, to our form, took on our frailty for the sake of showing us how much he loved us and further how much we can love um, our bodies too. So there's something good. There's some, some redemption happening there where because Jesus took on flesh, our flesh becomes elevated too, right? As Jesus descends, the form that he takes elevates. 
And so now we have something in common with God. It's pretty cool. Um, and, and, and I really believe this is one of the most crucial parts of the, of the mission that we have together. And I think it's deeply discredited in our faith repeatedly, right? right? But there's, there's an attempt to, to not be concerned with our body, right? When we think about our flesh or our uh, carnal desire, that's another word for, uh, for body, we, we think it's negative, right? There's something wrong with my body, right? Um, the early church was ready. To, there was a heresy called uh, Gnosticism that was very concerned with secret knowledge and it rejected bodily experience and thought of the body as a menace of sorts. You actually see the church fathers having a very negative view of the body in many cases too, but there was a specific strand that they wanted to root out of the church. And, and, and the Greek people, the, the, the church kind of developed in, a, in, a, in, a, in the Greek world, so to speak. And I think the Greeks probably influenced our faith more than they should have, but they, they had distinct concepts about soul and body. And in their view, God saved our souls. And, and sometimes you can see the separation when you read the New Testament, which is really a, a, a Greekified text. We sometimes call it a Hellenistic text. Um, but I think that's largely a matter of who they're talking to. They're using... Uh, ontological terms that their audience understands, so terms about who you are, how we work, what our bodies are, to, so, so their immediate audience can get it. So we have to be careful not to consume all of that and actually, and actually read it um, in its time and place first, I think. Nevertheless, because the body was not incorporated into our theology much, it's hard to find it now. And I think it's elemental to who we are as Christians to be in touch with our body to be connected to the bodies of others, to the body of Christ at large, not just because of the incarnation of Jesus, Jesus becoming flesh, but also because of the resurrection. Jesus comes to us incarnate, yes, as a, as a human, but also resurrects physically. This bodily salvation, your whole body being saved, is a cornerstone of our faith. It's why our bodies matter. It's why life matters. Right? It's why death is an enemy. Right? The Greeks thought uh, death was a friend because it released you of the confines of your body. No, Jesus raises your body, which is now like God. That's the idea we're working with. So, so Jesus comes into humanity, enters into human body, and redeems us, you know, warts and all. The Gospel of John is written largely to uh, uh, Hellenize, the Greek, of, uh, Greek audience. And one of the reasons he writes it is to refute this heresy of Gnosticism that we just spoke about, remember? Uh, the one that rejected, overemphasized the mind or rejected the body. And my favorite chapter is John 21. And I actually, th I, these are kind of, a, John 1 and John 21 are summarizing the whole spirit of the book in delivering its idea in a new way. So let, let, let's read this little section. This is post-resurrection. Jesus died, resurrected. I guess it's not a great passage for the first week of Lent, but, but, but Jesus is among his disciples right now on the beach. So he's, he's approaching the disciples now. This is too, well, this is a lot to read, but we'll get through it. Someone out loud read this. Jesus called them, children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, no. 
He said, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they did. There were so many fish that they couldn't haul them in the net. And the disciples of Jesus loved them. It's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he wrapped his coat around himself, for he was naked, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they weren't far from shore, only about 100 yards. When they landed, they saw a fire there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you just caught. Simon Peter got up and pulled the net to the shore. It was full of large fish, 153 of them. Yet the net hadn't torn, even with so many fish. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples could even bring themselves to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they finished eating, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Jesus, and Simon replied, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Jesus asked a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon replied, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, take care of my sheep. He asked a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was sad that Jesus asked him a third time, Do you love me? He replied, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. I assure, that, assure you that when you were younger, you tied your own belt and walked around wherever you wanted. When you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and another will tie your belt and lead you where you don't want to go. He said this to show the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. After saying this, Jesus said to Peter, Follow me. Thanks, Kate. Jesus shows up in a familiar setting. He's always kind of been hanging around fishermen. It's a really great place to be on the beach. He encounters his disciples, some of whom are still in disbelief that their rabbi of three years, as is recorded in John, is dead. And Peter, in particular, is distressed. Yes, that his friend and leader died. Disappointed in himself, perhaps, for wasting three years of his life following a crazy rabbi who barely brought a revolution and is now dead. He also might be feeling really negative because a lot of his actions led to Jesus' death. So he's betraying his friend too. A lot's happening inside of him. And my first, my first when, when he goes fishing, he thinks, this whole thing's over. I've followed this guy for three years. It hasn't worked out. I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna go fishing again. I'm just gonna do what I did before this. You know, we took a three year break and now I'm just gonna fish. It's fine. That's, this is how I'm going to get through this. You know, he's going back to work, too. Um, and Jesus meets him and performs a famous miracle. He multiplies fish. Uh, this, this, again, after the crucifixion and, and resurrection, he does another miracle. He comes in his body. And this is, this is novel to Greek people who thought you would kind of just evaporate from your corpse when you died. Your soul would leave you and your body would stay. Jesus comes in the body, and, we, and, and, and there's something that happens. They find the fish Jesus talks about, and then they eat together. The eating counts. That body activity is critical because it shows us that Jesus is in his bodily form, and his stomach can actually retain food. Like it doesn't just fall through him, like the Harry Potter ghosts. You know, that have to eat rotten food so they can taste it, right? That's the, that's, this is too specific to a different story. But his body can hold it. Now I'm thinking about Harry Potter. <laughs> the connection between our bodies and eating 
is made, is, is really obvious in Christianity. You know, we, we partook in communion. We ingested the body and blood of Jesus. That's really bizarre put in any other context, right? We're, we're, we, become, we, we become like Jesus because we consume Jesus. We become part of the body. There's something that's happening there um, that we think is symbolic, but, but we represent the literal body of Christ as well. And so we ingest the body and blood to remember how Jesus saves us and Jesus resurrects and is incarnate again in the body. And so he tells Peter how to express love to him. And there's, this is a, there's, there's so much we could go into here. There's a lot of interesting things in this passage. So I'm moving us really fast through it. I'm not even addressing that Peter was naked fishing, for example, which was a little stimulating detail possibly for you, right? So I'm, I'm not, we're not going to get into all that. Or why do they mention 153 fish, right? There's these, all these specifics that we could get into. We're, we're just moving through it pretty fast. <clears throat> he tells Peter how to express love. What does he say? Same thing. Keep feeding people. Feed my sheep. This is an action to be had, to be, to be, to be done, because faith isn't just in our minds. How do you demonstrate love to God? You have to do something. You have to feed people. It's, it's in our bodies, it's in our actions. We follow, we move, we work with Jesus, right? So note to myself is get it out of your head, get it out of your gut and actually enact it, do something. And I think that's the heart of the body theology. That's why it matters because our faith needs to offer tangible results, even physical results. That's why we, uh, we love stories of miraculous healing, of provision, why we're into social justice around here, personal transformation, because the, the, why I even want you to feel better after leaving. I actually want some tangible benefit to your life for just being a part of our community, right? being here in the meeting. I actually want the world to get better because Christians are in it, not just to fill it with nice ideas or sound uh, doctrine or something like that. Our lives should change and the world should get better, right? Tangible results count. And I think our community, and even this meeting, should offer, offer something of practical value back to you. The body that we form here should benefit us and benefit the world. And it should benefit and sustain creation, right? It should be a net positive in every um, part of your life. It should improve your life. And I think body theology that we're working with is good to consider, especially when we get too stuck in our minds. So much uh, a theological discussion is, is abstract and impractical anyway. You know, I, I, I live in that space. I like that space. But... But I, I, these days, I really want to stick to the things that we can actually affect as opposed to considering things that we'll never know for sure and then casting out people who disagree with us, you know, in this abstraction that, that, that isn't even rooted in reality, right? We want to do things that are within our locus of uh, control, if you will, things that we can actually change, right? That's, that's, that's the body theology enacted. <clears throat> and again, so far, this is a pretty nice idea. I hope so, anyway. But we actually have to apply it. That's the point. Our faith, our faith unapplied is basically useless, right? The, that, James tells us faith, faith without works is dead, right? It doesn't mean you don't have any. It's just not alive. Get it alive, right? What does it look like to express our faith physically? 
how, how do we feel our bodies? How can I feel my body before I just drive it into the ground and it screams back at me, right? That's the question I'm wondering. How do I embody my faith, right? So what are practical ways we can do that? So even if you're not, even down with the Jesus thing, I hope that the, these, the, this, this basic list helps you get in touch with your body. So one idea is to fast. Maybe that, that means withholding from something. Maybe it is from food for some of you, but maybe it's sleep. Maybe it's uh, something else that alters your bodily habits, like uh, quitting smoking or drinking. These are popular Lenten disciplines. Then you can light up on, on Resurrection Sunday again, <laughs> which it's a specific experience. Um, he is, I've done it, you know, it's, it's happened to me. I, yeah. Notice the differences in your body and see if you can't feel it in a new way, right? When you put yourself in some mild discomfort. Uh, that's, 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 that's a good Lenten discipline for me. Um, and then how about this, notice other people's bodies. And, and for one thing, don't just sexualize them when you notice them, right? Notice them, care about them. Notice people, um, people's different abilities. And, and try not to assign value to people's limitations because we all have them, right? Interrogate your prejudice when you're tempted to uh, add a connotation to somebody with different abilities than you, right? Uh, Deborah Creamer wrote a, a, a dis disability uh, theology book and she asks, you know, why do, we, why do we look at a wheelchair like a sign of a disability, but see eyeglasses as a sign of technology, right? What's, the, what's happening there? What's, the, what's with that uh, prejudice? What are we working on? So become conscious of your own limits too then, because we all have them, right? That's, that's, I think that's a good way to even approach as we're noticing one another too. And then see how you also judge people based on uh, how old you think they are, you know? So, that's, that, that, that's, that's part of the noticing, too. I'll leave it at that for now. Take care of your body. That's another one. I'm bad at this. I, uh, I, 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 uh, I notice when I sleep enough, when I even drink enough water, my body feels better. I actually, actually use my body if I take care of it. My anxiety is sometimes cured by drinking water. I, even, it's, I don't even know how, it work, how it's connected, but it seems to work, right? Here's another one. Use your voice. Try to express your faith with spoken words. That's the body part. Speak the name of Jesus out loud, even. Name yourself as belonging to Jesus. Pray out loud, right? That's, that's a, when, when I'm feeling troubled in my head, in my heart, in my gut, and I, and I expel words from my body, they leave me. You know, it's, it's, I can actually see them or even see the absurdity of them because in my head they, they balloon into crazy ideas that even if uttered, even if I hear myself say them, I know they're a little too wild to be taken seriously. Um, that's, that's really helpful, using my voice that way. Uh, join a team. We have teams. That, when I say team, I mean a, a service in the church in some way. That actually, for me, that helps me stay engaged because my antidote to a faith crisis, which I'm always approaching, and I think we all kind of are or could be, is service, actually doing something, you know, not just staying in my head where my faith doesn't necessarily blossom, but actually engage it in tangible work, do something real and practical and, and, um, and expressible, tactile, right? Physical work dulls existential dread. 
Uh, this list's too long. Make a friend. Participate in community. Extend yourself to, to someone else. Don't use up every second of your life and make a face-to-face -face physical connection with somebody. Make your faith practical, but, but enriching your life or nourishing someone else's. Your, your body presence matters. Even here, it matters. Like I was talking to someone the other day, he was a lot, at, a, at a lot of church activities that week. I think the church activities were kids' birthday parties. So like my weekends are full of them, you know, and that's what we do. We go to, I have a Harry Potter sticker on from a kid's birthday party, right? There's, there's part of life when, you're, when your kids are six and three. And he said, I, saw, I already saw all the church people this week. You know, I don't need to come to the Sunday meeting. And I said, no, your body counts, literally. Being here actually improves the meeting. So even if you think you've collected all the, all the good that you might receive because you're my friend or something, um, which is what he said, like, we could have talked about this if we just talked at the, at the party. And I was like, no, you, you being here matters, right? Expending yourself matters. Um, make a connection. Make a friend. Be present, right? And then also use your, use your body in healthy ways as you're able, right? Eat well, exercise, hike, move around. When we don't do these things, again, we express them in perverse ways, as I was, as I was suggesting earlier. You know, you might eat 10 cookies, or you might work until you're totally toned and ripped, right? But, right that's a fantasy, right? There's, uh, there, there might be some uh, expressions that are perverse because we don't normally use our bodies, you know? We drink too much, we try hard drugs. Extend this then to also how we use creation around us, how we interact with creation, and then note that our lack of connection to creation results in a perverse use of it, right? So there's, there's an abuse happening there. You do it to your body, you do it to the world too, right? There's something about that when you're not incarnate, in, 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 in creation, in your body. You start misusing it, right? That's how you get your faith crisis. You use your faith in a strange way and then it leaves you. No, actually enact it, actually do it. Anyway, there's, there's a lot more we could say. There's a lot of ways that our body longs to express itself that, 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 <clears throat> that will, it will ignore if we ignore it. So. Let's pray and do some talk back, shall we? Thank you, Lord, for uh, being here and for being faithful and present to us. Keep showing up in our lives and the world around us, in our bodies. May we, uh, may we feel you. May we know you. May we express you in a tangible way. Amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.